Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You're listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast, bringing you fun and soulful interviews with spiritual teachers with the aim of tuning you in and lighting you up with your host, George Lizos. I am so excited for you to dive into this episode with comparison coach Lucy Sheridan. Lucy Sheridan helps us get over the compare and despair of social media and helps us stop comparing ourselves to other people online and offline as well. So in this episode, Lucy and I discuss how to stop comparing ourselves to other spiritual teachers, especially so that we can find our own voice and message and really let go of all the people and the habits that hold us back from understanding and owning our own voice. 
Lucy also offers some fabulous practical tips to preventing FOMO on Instagram, which is fear of missing out. And you'll also learn practical guidance and techniques that you can use to identify what your worth as a spiritual teacher really depends on. I'm so excited for you to dive into this Lightworker. If you'd like to join me live for one of the recordings of the Lit Up Lightworker podcast, be sure to follow me on Instagram at George Lizos. And also come hang out with me in my free private Facebook group for Lightworkers called Your Spiritual Toolkit, where I give you daily content with spiritual tools that get your light working. I look forward to chatting to you there, but until then, enjoy this episode. I'm so excited to have here with me Lucy Sheridan, who is the world's first and only comparison coach on a mission to get people over the compare and despair of social media and be truly happy off and online. She has been featured in Forbes, Grazia, and Stella magazines as part of her hashtag comparison-free campaign and was recently named one of the new well-being specialists 2018 by the Sunday Times style. (laughs) Exactly. Lucy sees clients who hold a desire to live on their own terms, pursue their own version and vision of happiness as audaciously as possible. Lucy, oh my God, it's so great to have you here. Oh, well, it's so great to be here. George, you and I go way back, don't we? God, so many years. I like, am is it... like so, so happy to be here. When I saw the invitation pop in, I was like, yes, I cannot wait. Oh, yeah, I had the exact same feelings. I'm so excited to talk about comparison as it's something that it's really affecting everybody. Mm-hmm. So I want to kick this off, Lucy, by first of all, I want to congratulate you because I know you've just signed with an agent, a literary agent, to publish your second book. That's correct. Congratulations. What can you tell us about the book at this stage? At this stage, it's, it's really a handbook to overcome comparison. So for a little while now, I've had a waiting list on, because I have a, a life coaching practice as part of this work. And for a long time, I say long time, for a good six months or so, there's been a pause on new clients. And I've been challenging myself to think, well, what can I do to get more comparison tips and techniques out in the world, have people, you know, cure their own comparison. And there's only so many posts you can put on Instagram for people like, okay, calm down. So it kind of felt like the right thing to do to explore the book. And so I got in touch with my agent and I shared some ideas with her, prepared a proposal. And and we've been having some really interesting meetings. So it might be even as soon as the next week or so, I'll have even more confirmations about maybe titles and also um, timings for publication as well. So we'll just hold that in our cauldrons for the moment, everybody, if you don't mind. (laughs) That is so exciting. I cannot wait to get my hands on the book when it's out, like before it's even written. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Okay, so my first question, I want to like situate people who you are and what you do. What has been your own journey with comparison? And what, what, what is your story of becoming the comparison coach and ending up teaching about it? Yeah, so for me, great question. It starts at the beginning. Um, so this isn't something I think, well, when I was in my 20s, I can remember being about three, four, five, young, 
and comparing myself to other people, even though I was like, now, but alas, as we say, Lisa, but just a little tot, I can remember comparing myself. And I remember when my brother was born and when I was about five, like looking at him and thinking, okay, am I as cute as him? And what's my toy situation gonna be now that mum and dad have got like two of us, etc." And that followed me into school and I'd compare my grades and whether I got my, you know, in the UK, we have like swimming badges. We have to do swimming lessons and get you swimming badges. And I'm like, have I got enough swimming badges? little things like how my coloring in and spelling was developing right through then into puberty how my body was developing and then everything that comes with like teenage life but that's that's for another time and that's not my therapy session we can come back to that another time but it also followed me through into my um first career which was in the advertising industry so comparison was always always present and i thought that everyone had comparison like I did, because for me, it was always on. It wasn't just one thing. I compared myself in lots of different areas consistently a lot. So the way I look at it, George, is it was almost like a, um, a stock exchange, like up, down, up, down, up, down. Like, I was constantly in this area of like being able to see where I was at in, in the groups um, or in my class, for example. And then I went to a school reunion in my late 20s and actually on the day had a really good time. But I was having a bit of a tricky, tricky time in other areas of my life. And I kind of left my troubles at the door, had a great time, reconnected with old pals, etc. But on the day after, that's when things really changed for me in that I had accepted lots of friend requests for social media. I'd also sent out a friend request and they'd all been accepted. So overnight, my social media channels, my social media world tripled. It tripled and it was like I woke up in like a Las Vegas of comparison. I had, it was open all hours. I had something to gorge on at any time of day. And it it just really started to mess with me, mess with my relationship with other people, more importantly, mess with my relationship with myself. And I really started to take a nosedive. And I'd see things like um, someone would um, share, oh, back in my favorite place, you know, love being here again. And they were in the Maldives. And I was like, you are 27 years old. You have no business being in the Maldives multiple times. Do you know what I mean? And I, other things, you know, people at, at posh restaurants or, you know, out and about having great times with their family. And I, there I was just kind of sat, you know, scrolling um, social media, living this very insular world. And against that background, struggling with my work at the time and just really not feeling very mentally healthy, mentally strong. I had a, a Saturday afternoon and I was scrolling my social media under a duvet or something like fully clothed, like totally not an Instagram life. And I just kind of felt like this has got to stop. This has got to stop. And this little voice kind of came to me. So maybe we describe it as clairaudient here. It's nice to be able to kind of, you know, use some of the kind of more detailed language with your, um, your, uh, your guests, George. I think it was that clairaudient that kind of came through and it just kind of said, look, if you can think and feel yourself into this, perhaps you can think and feel yourself out of it. And mm. I just took that as almost like the baton being thrown down. I didn't take it as an ultimatum or a critique, but I thought maybe they're right. Maybe, or maybe that, maybe I'm right. Where did the voice come from? I don't know. But that's when I kind of really decided that I was going to, after years of being caught by comparison, staying stuck with my confidence on the floor, not seeing any path forward for me, not taking any action at all, just staying where I was and letting life pass me by. I thought, you know what? I'm gonna just show up for myself more and more. I'm gonna try and understand myself more and more. And I'm gonna be really, really kind. And slowly but surely, and it was a journey, I was able to bring my comparison down and bring kind of comparison freedom feelings up. So I went from living in comparison all the time to like 
10% of the time. And this is something that we might get into as part of our conversation. I, when I use that term comparison free, it's like a place to aim for. It's like for me, I'm like, I want perfect skin. I may never have perfect skin, whatever that is on the earth today. But you know, I'll always, you know, we'll always have our quirks and foibles. But it's like something to aim for, to kind of show up for myself, to stay in something important in my life. So now when my comparison comes, it will be vicious and mighty, but it will last a short amount of time and it's very spread out. And considering I was used to being comparison all the time and it had a strong hold on my life, I see that as really positive and it works for me. And now I try and help people find what works for them ultimately. That's such an interesting story. And what really struck me with what you said is that how you felt this compare and despair from a really young age, like from five years old, which brings me to the question, where do you think that comparison comes from? Why does it exist? Why do we have this urge as human beings to compare ourselves with other people? I think we're going a little bit spiritual here, but what do you think is the foundation of it? I think it is a disconnection from ourselves. Mm. It's about thinking that everything that is powerful and um, valuable is outside ourselves or belongs to other people. Whereas there's this great expression of forgive me because I don't know what the um, origin is, but I did, this isn't mine, but it's the, the oak tree lives within the acorn. And that's my belief. I believe that's true for all of us. The oak tree lives within the acorn. But when we're caught in a comparison mindset or spending a little bit too much time looking around at other people, whether it's on our devices or literally spending time looking at what other people are doing, which I've been known to do. Like I said, I was dexterous, athletic almost, excuse me, in my comparison. And when we're doing that, we're not connected with ourselves. And we not only give our time away, but um, we don't give ourselves credit for what we can be doing. We don't recognize our own uniqueness. We don't recognize our own path too, because what's lovely if I can just um, speak, you know, kind of in a more kind of overtly spiritual way. I'm a, a, I am love astrology. Astrology in terms of my spiritual practice is something I'm really interested in. I am not an expert at all. And some of my teachers that I really love are Lee Lam, uh, Chani Nicholas and David Wells as well. And what's been interesting is I have my my astrological astrological excuse me chart read. I think it'd be about eighteen months ago now, George. I'm thirty five now, and I have my astrological chart read. And it, you, when you get the reading back to you, I mean, if you ever doubted you were unique, that goes out the window, because my belief is that we choose to be on this earth at a certain amount of time. A certain uh, we cert you choose to arrive at a certain time when literally the stars align for whatever that is for each of us and that whole that astrological chart can hold a lot of insight for us so whenever i kind of feel comparison wobbles i'm like you know what i kind of like arrived in the earth and did a perfect alchemy and that cannot be taken away from me ever 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 because even when you look at the stats about what it takes to make it this far to make it into the earth they say don't they you know birth is one of the most dangerous journeys ever any of us ever make we kind of we really devalue how unique we are and how powerful we are and what it takes to be here and how strong our spirit had to be to be here anyway in the first place um so ultimately excuse me i took a few tangents but to circle back I believe that comparison comes from a disconnection with ourselves and either a not knowing how unique we are or a, like a lack of awareness around it to like a lack of acceptance. Because I think, is it Marianne um, Williamson? I'm paraphrasing some of her teachings here, but I think I've heard her say before or someone similar to her, so forgive me if I'm wrong, 
like I said before, it's not um, our failures that we're afraid of. It's actually our greatness. And I'm really paraphrasing here, guys. So forgive me if like she's one of your favorites. Like she didn't say that. She said this. So please correct me. I'm not precious. I don't know everything. I never professed to know everything. Um, but that's, I think, really at the crux of it as well. If I see, you know, so-and-so over there and they're going on an amazing holiday or they've got just, you know, very quiet family life and everything's tickety-boo and just sound, you know, shaping up just great. And I feel comparison, I feel jealousy coming up. What I do is I outsource my power and I outsource my specialness and think, well, I just let go of it, like letting go of a balloon, letting it fly into the sky. Whereas I think a big part of us coming back to ourselves is pulling that balloon down again such that no one could ever take it away from us, really. I love you gave us a really um, out-of-body picture of, of our uniqueness, therefore looking at it from uh, the astrological point of view. Yeah. And what's interesting is that we have so many tools to come back to ourselves, meditation and so many different kinds of spiritual modalities, but I never thought about thinking about it from an astrological perspective yeah. and how the stars literally aligned for us to be born into these physical bodies. God, that picture just brought me back into my oh, presence and into my authenticity and it's such a powerful visualization for people to come back into their authenticity. Now, you talk a lot, Lucy, about social media and how that has aggravated our comparison culture. Could you expand a little bit more on how our social media platforms such as Instagram and Facebook and Twitter have made us more compared? Have, have encouraged us more to compare ourselves to other people than we used to in the past, for example. Well, I think, first of all, it, I think it's really important to reference the past, actually, George, because comparison isn't a new thing. And equally, I do think that social media is scapegoated a lot as part of this, too. Like, it's an easy thing to blame. Because if we think about, um, you know, in the Bible, it says, thou shalt not covet their um, neighbor's uh, ox, I think it is. And equally, in the 1970s, people would say, like, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. So comparison has been around a lot. What social media does is it amps it up. And so when I talk about comparison, I mean, social media can present a Las Vegas of comparison. It means that no matter what your thing is, whether you're a comparison generalist, like I used to be, or you couldn't give a hoot about someone's wellness and love life, but it comes to work, you really compare, whichever it is. Social media gives you the opportunity to go to town if you're not careful. And you don't, it's not just about like obsessing about like a thing, you can obsess about people. So I'll out my ego here and say this, when I've had periods of comparison that maybe have been darker than others, I have almost had people like under surveillance, you know? So I've known like where they were, when they, when they got back off, I'm like, oh, she's back off holiday then. Like I'm a friend, I'm not, <laughs> don't just know me. I've had people under surveillance. So why social media also amps things up is it gives you so many more opportunities to compare, not just because there are more people or um, scenarios and opportunities to, to present that are presented that can trigger your personal comparison, but also there's just so many more, um, there's so many more instances of it too. So if I say compare myself to one person, I don't just get like a quick view. I can go into their lives and compare. So maybe there's just one person I compare myself to versus the theme. And that's why we've got to be really, really careful because we are in an awkward toddler phase with it at the moment. So I am convinced that in a couple of years, 
there'll be big reports that are put, you know, put out and broadcast on the news and that will change school policy and working policy because of our relationships with, with um, social media. But at the moment we're in the awkward toddler phase. So just like when toddlers learn to walk and they fall over, boom, and then they bumble up and they grab themselves onto the table and they pull themselves up again and they bum, 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 they bumble over. So cute. But we, we're finding our way like that too. We are making up the etiquette and the rules as we go along and we're tweaking and it creates lots of fantastic opportunities for growth too, but ultimately we're making it up as we go along. So not only is it quite overwhelming, it's only going to keep going one way and it's only going to keep feeling uncertain until we kind of go as far as we can and the pendulum will swing the other way, I think. So I'm very interested from almost an academic point of view, if I can like, you know, put my monocle out, like look like the little nerd emoji. I'm very interested from an academic point of view about where this is going to take us actually, physically, mentally, emotionally and spiritually. And then how, as you said, the swing goes the other direction and we all of a sudden want to move away from social media and yeah. invest in real life at the same time. So basically social media amplifies our comparison. Yeah. And I've seen you over the years on social media share practical ways that we can use to manage and declutter our social media uh, platforms to limit our FOMO, our fear of missing out. Could you give us some like practical tools that we can use to instantly, like let's, let's just say block 30 minutes, just go over my Instagram and just eliminate sure. compare and despair. Is that possible? So I do believe it is. And if, if I may, I might take us back a little bit, which is almost like before we pick our phones up. So a really great rule, and if you follow George, you'll know the importance of like centering yourself and, be, and connecting with yourself, ideally in the morning. But as long as you're doing it at some point in the week, it's all good. But I have this thing, and if you'll excuse the language because it's slightly jokey, but I have a thing that I share with clients, which is no pre-wee scrolling. So if you do not look at your phone, apart from to turn your alarm off, if you use it for alarm, don't look at your phone before you've answered the call of nature and gone through your morning routine. And your morning routine can involve brushing your teeth and making your breakfast, but it can also include maybe a few minutes of meditation maybe some morning pages, maybe pulling a few cards. Got my favorite ones here. Um Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today maybe pulling a few cards or sitting like with a lit candle, lighting some incense, just taking five or 10 big belly breaths, then pick up your phone. Even that will make a big difference. That will change who you are when you show up for social media, 
which will influence how you feel when you log on to it in a very conscious way. So I kind of I kind of share that what that does is it moves the it moves the world from the bottom of your bed to the front door. So at least like you are in your bubble, you know, um, putting the world at arm's length, ready to. So when you get your door hand and you go, okay, let's do this, you're ready to meet your day. And of course, there are plenty of practical tips when it comes to management. Because I think that's where we're at now. That's where the power is. It's managing it. It's not necessarily going to be in, excuse me, moving away from it altogether. But I um, like to apply what I call the house party rule. And this is ultimately a bit of a, um, a measure in that if I see a brand person thing in my um, feed that wouldn't be invited to my house party to kind of, you know, drink my sangria and dance to my Beyonce playlist and like, you know, hang out with my friends and family, etc., and ha you know, be up all night giggling in the corner. If I wouldn't inv invite, if I wouldn't have, excuse me, that person brand or thing at my house party, I question whether they have a place in my feed. Now, this isn't to say, and it, it's easy to kind of take this a bit far in that this isn't to say we should be having like echo, making echo chambers for ourselves and only following the things that, um, you know, look like us, sound like us and make us feel good. I do believe what this means is we have to be very discerning. So, of course, unfollow the things that don't make you feel good. It's your feed. It's your rules. Do what you like. But take the opportunity as well to seek out trusted news sources, for example, that will educate you and challenge you in all the right ways to be a really great and grounded human being so you can make a difference and, you know, leave the world better than you found it. And I understand this is, can sometimes be an issue for empaths, so this it comes from a place of non-judgment. I think if we're not careful, though, we can, we can numb out and we lose an opportunity to um, contribute in a positive way for some, for some things, especially with the world requiring us to be quite active today. I mean, I won't even go into the headlines. We'll be here all, we'll be here all day. But so seek out trusted news sources. And also, I would say, and this is what's made a really big difference to my relationship with social media, is make sure you're following everything you want to follow as well. So for those of you that might follow me on Instagram, you'll know that I've got a golden retriever, my little dog, Ro, she's not little at all, but Ro's my dog. I follow like 20 golden retriever accounts. I follow like 10 husky ones. I follow, um, I really want to go to the Highlands on holiday. So I've started following loads of Highlands, hotels and, you know, tourist boards, etc. And what I hope is that if people were to maybe, I don't know who would do this because it'd be really boring, but if someone were to look at who I was following online and printed it all out, I hope it would show a cross-section of, my personality, who I am, what I like to follow, because that's something I caught as well, um, getting pointy fingers, excuse me, something that I noticed about 18 months ago when I was, um, on, you know, just on social media is that being in the well-being industry, and I'll just use that term as a simple one, just to use plain language, being in the well-being industry, I think I was treating Instagram a bit like a networking opportunity, so I was following like this many things, but I love this many things. <sighs> You know, so it's a bit like when you get a cone to go on holiday. Why are you just having chocolate chip when you're like peppermint and pistachio and other things beginning with P? You know, like fill your cone right up so that it represents you and you can you can enjoy it properly. So what you might, I mean, I follow like 6,000 people on social media. I don't know why people don't follow more. Um, you know, I kind of, I like the vibrancy of it. I can appreciate if you've got, maybe that feels a little overwhelming and you need to have a personal account too. That's all good. But that's another key tip about making a social media a fun place to be is flood your feeds with the things that make you feel good, especially if you're on a spiritual path, no matter where you are on it. So just say, um, I got a message today about someone saying, like, how did you start with the moon stuff? Because I've just put up a, um, my video with the moon ritual on there. 
And I just kind of told her, I was like, well, first of all, I heard like a good podcast, then I Googled it, then I got a book, and then I started getting my own journal out. So I'll just, you know, and then I said, but follow these people. So then she went and followed them and said, I found you through Lucy Sheridan. So now she's on her own journey with moon rituals. So, but, you know, it shouldn't just end with me. Equally, what's so great is there are lots of people on their tarot journey or a crystal journey or a shamanic one, whichever, you, we could attach any label to it at all. But if spiritually speaking, that feeds you, then flood yourself with it. Because, you know, how great to know every time you picked your phone up, they'll be like, oh, rather, mm, you know, that's kind of that, the thing that makes a good day great. So be discerning, but at the same time, be fun with it and allow ourselves yes. to play and just see how yes. it makes us feel. And, it is supposed and, to be fun. <laughs> yeah, it is supposed to be fun, isn't it? Like we take it too seriously sometimes, especially mm. when you're running a business on Instagram you and you're it. using it as a tool, you, you get to it. like get in your head a little bit too much. Totally. So be fun with it. Okay, perfect, thank you. So uh, many people from my community, they are spiritual teachers, they're healers, they're intuitives. And what I found from my own journey as well, we tend to compare ourselves mm -hmm. to other spiritual teachers and feel like, oh, they're better than me. They're teaching about this. Why would I go on and teach about that myself? Mm -hmm. And I know we've met um, while I worked for Hay House mm -hmm. and what my experience was uh, going into Hay House, like I, I, I it was a, the experience of having idolized spiritual teachers for a long period of time because they've inspired me with their books and their works. And then finally, I got to see them as human beings and working with them from a different perspective, which got me thinking about idolization, comparing ourselves to other spiritual teachers and what our worth as spiritual teachers and healers and intuitives really is. So where is our worth as spiritual teachers if we have a message to teach? I think um, it's in your you-ness and mm. it's really interesting this one because spirituality a bit like art can be boiled down to some of the like same things like in art everything is imitation and interestingly i think in spirituality the further back you can every time you trace back an origin of a thought a feeling a school of teaching you will trace it back and you'll have to pass thousands of people on your way because everything is an interpretation of an interpretation of an interpretation that's why um i've got a pal um, who's a, a follower of A Course in Miracles. And uh, it, that's just not my flavor. But um, she'll be telling someone, like, oh my God, that's so deep, man. I love that. She's like, it's Course in Miracles. I'm like, what? But you don't say it like that. And I'm like, yes, it is. But her you, like her version of it, her Jonas of it, makes it palatable for me. And it makes it that I can digest it. I can, I can receive it, I suppose. So just like I receive things differently to you, Will, and you know other people will here, it's about um, re recognizing that you're an antenna as well. So your people are waiting for you. If, especially if you want to be in spirituality and have a, and, but also be a professional practitioner. So take, whether it's that it's exchanged for, um, you know, favors and gifts or it's exchanged for cash. It's recognizing that your people are waiting to find you and they're out there ready for you because their the antenna is waiting for your message. Just like I've always known, I say always known, but known about Course in Miracles for ages, but it just doesn't appeal to me. Whereas my friend Joe, who interprets things, I'm like, oh my goodness, I can listen to a talk all day. I get nothing done. So it's recognizing that your interpretation is really where it's at. 
You don't, you couldn't copy anyone if you tried. But interestingly, this is kind of, this holds hands with your previous question, George, which is if you are worried that you are going to start borrowing other people's things because something connected with you and actually it hit home so much for you that you think it's your thought. If you're worried about that, then it can be a good idea to sometimes unfollow or hide your spiritual teachers for a little while, excuse me, because then that allows your true voice and your source to come through and really start leading with this, you know, um, because spirituality is like it's a real gray area. Thank goodness. You know, it's interesting. It can be difficult to explain, difficult to articulate. Thank goodness, because it is, it is the depths of us, isn't it? It's the emotions. And also it's not your job to persuade or convince anyone of anything. So if you offer your interpretation out there, there'll be people that get it and people that won't. And that both those things are okay. But just like, you know, we've followed and found spiritual teachers, spiritual teachers, they've really connected with us. The real gift of that teaching is what's my vibe then? So it's almost asking them, so, asking ourselves, so what? So what can I bring to the table? Even if you bring to the table is teaching other people's work. So for example, if I, um, I did a workshop last night and I referenced Dr. Wayne Dyer and I said, we were talking about subjects. We were talking about um, planning and how you get going with ideas, productivity. Then I said, this is the idea of Dr. Wayne Dyer who said this. And then you get to be the person that shared the work of the teacher. I think when, and this kind of, you know, a, a, a kind of complex answer, but I think where things get difficult is where we don't even step up because we worry about copying, but we, we forget that we can reference someone else's work. You know, so like a lawyer would say, in this case with so-and-so, this is why we're going to do this. We forget we can reference other people's work. And I do see what, what does get on my nerves a little bit on, online is that I see a lot of passing off. So people will share something, which is, let's say, just from A Course in Miracles or from another text. I'm like, that isn't yours. And you're passing it off as yours. And I kind of do, I do sometimes say, like, where did you get that from? I think it's important we reference that as so-and-so. Because I would always, you know, if someone heard something from you, you'd always want people to say, oh, well, my, the person I follow online, George Lezos, he said this. You know, so it's the, it, we don't want to be getting caught up in how do we make it different, special, almost so much that no one recognizes it anymore. But our job really, especially if we're um, professional practitioners, is to often offer our interpretation so that we kind of clearly are kind of transmitting in our own way. But if we do come across someone else's things, to reference it, it only supports us and adds credibility to what we're doing. And that's so interesting because we feel this pressure to always be unique and put up original content, but we forget that we can get content that's out there and express it in our own unique way and therefore reach people who wouldn't hear it in the original way, Yeah, which completely. is powerful. And if you've thought of it like it's unique, this is the thing. I always say to clients that worry about this, Beyonce struggles to innovate, so like the pressure's off the rest of us. Then Beyonce has like a team of people whose job it is to help her shock the world, engage the world, take her creativity to a new um, level. So if like you're Amy and Solly Hull and you're running out of ideas, like that's okay, babe. <laughs> you know? Absolutely, we, we expect too much from ourselves. Lucy, someone who spent their entire life comparing themselves to other people, and therefore all their needs, their desires, and their idea of, the, of their future and their plans for their future are based on other people and what other people portray that they should be feeling and needing and desiring and living. 
how can someone like that so dependent on other people through comparison start over and start rediscovering their own voice their own needs their own desires their own message and their own future well this is a great one because i can provide some really clear guidance and as as we're kind of you know, anything we share today just put on the table guys you'll know what's right for you I remember when I was in a really tricky spot that I kind of shared in my um, own anecdote, I did a future self meditation and I never really meditated at all, really, and didn't know anyone that meditated. And I did a future self meditation and through the prompts there about meeting my future self and asking um, questions, etc., I was able to get to my true answers. And that gave me like a true north to go to go for and to go forward with. Other things that help too, if that feels a little bit like it's something I should say for the weekend, even from this moment and watching our and watching and listening with us here, whenever you feel comparison, it's like follow, follow the breadcrumbs of it a little bit. So just say you're comparing um, someone's job promotion at an, another um, place, you know, you're, you're comparing someone's um, job promotion and you want a job promotion as well. Ask yourself, but do I, does that belong to me or is that something that because I was pressurized by my dad? Or is it something because the people at school thought that was cool, so I went along with it? Or yes, I used to want to do that five years ago, but now actually I want to go and work for myself. I want to start a not-for-profit, or I want to go and, I want to stay exactly where I am because I like it. You're allowed to like where you are. You have to be constantly like striving, going, grabbing, rising, rising all the time. We go in plateaus like this. Our growth is supposed to go like that. Because if, if not, we get the um, peaks and the troughs. And that's where it can be breakdown central. I always say, actually, like neutrality is really sexy, I think. I like to, to think, like, be steady, Eddie. Let's keep rising nice and slowly. Let's do it in this consistent way. I don't want to get it and then it be taken away from me again. So, summarize, if you have felt comparison or it's something you do experience, a future self-meditation, if you have, like, an hour to yourself at any time to just kind of put the kiss in the room or put the cat out or even you just have some time to yourself, that can be not only tremendously healing, but tremendously insightful. And then we get to do like the human stuff too, which is whenever we're in comparison, it's looking at, hold on, do I actually want that though? And if not, what's my version of it? And if I do, what's my version of it too? And also, did I inherit that belief that that's important or that's what I should do? Or is it mine? Did it come from me? And if it isn't, then we get to wake up again and again and again as part of that too. And then the next the next part of it, because um, obviously you don't want to just like present a whole workshop in two seconds, but the next big part of it is asking the simple question, what's my next right step? And sometimes it might be like, I think I have more questions before I can answer that. Fine. Cool. It shouldn't necessarily always be easy for us, right? That's where the following the breadcrumbs comes into it. Follow the breadcrumbs. But what's my next right step? Sometimes your next right step is getting off your phone and having a nap. Like it really is. Sometimes it might be, well, I'm going to clear the afternoon. I'm going to get my plan together. But it's asking what's my next right step rather than outsourcing and like flying around above yourself in comparison. So it's really all about mindfulness and turning within and really listening to what our bodies have to say and what our soul uh, our soul has the answers. Yeah. It's just us being disconnected and being connected to our phones all the time and looking for our soul's messages and guidance on other people's feet. Yeah. You got it. So you talked about the future life meditation. Mm -hmm. 
Is that something we can get online or is it something that every, anybody can practice by themselves? Yeah, it's, uh, it can be as simple as, I actually went, because I, I used some in the class yesterday, so I went online today to find some more resources for people. Yes is the answer. You can go onto YouTube and look for a future self-meditation. Yeah. Some are 15 minutes, some are about an hour. And um, equally, there's a, I, um, so I've done quite a few over the years, there's a great book called Playing Big by Tara Moa. I'm going to spell her last name, so I may be saying it correctly, and if that's the case, I apologize. Um, M-O-H-R, Tara Moa. And in her book, she, she has a guided visualization, which is tremendously deeply connecting. Um, I have the audio book of it, and um, I listen to it in that way too. Now, this is just might be my preference, but when she reads the audio book, she's got this really great American drawl. It's a really beautiful voice. So much so, I would like, I, was, I wasn't listening to the words. So I listened to it on like a one and a half. So that would just be my extra tip. If you do get it, listen to it on a one and a half. Perfect. Thank you so much for the reference. I will go get that book. I love it. And I love the American accent as well. Yeah. Lucy, thank you so much for sharing all this beautiful wisdom with us. Please tell people where they can find you and where they can get connected with you. I guess that, I mean, on the gram, I guess is the best place. I'm probably going to be starting a podcast soon. So more news when I have it, but I'm usually posting every day, twice a day on the grid, comparison free living advice or, you know, real life examples about how you can live comparison free. Or I'm on the stories, walking my dog, making my dinner and also um, riffing on different self-development spirituality themes as well. So I'd say, you know, Instagram is probably the best place. But if you Google me in comparison, I'll come up. I say that because I'm probably going to be switching my website address over soon. So I don't want to say, go here, go here. Because like, they're like, this doesn't exist. We're like, uh-oh. <laughs> That's perfect. So everybody go on and follow at Lucy Sheridan here on Instagram. Lucy, thank you so much for sharing all this with us. It's been such a pleasure sharing this space with you on such an important topic that's affecting all of us on a very deep level and I so look forward to your book coming up soon oh. as well. Thank you for listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at George Lizos to grab your free Lightworker survival guide and catch the next live episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.